You're listening to the Rob Review Podcast. Evan Rob and Laura Rob share their thoughts and opinions on teaching, learning, and leadership. And now, the Rob Review Podcast with Evan and Laura. This is Evan Rob, and I'm joined today by Laura Rob. This is the Rob Review Podcast. Laura, welcome to the Rob Review. I'm excited to be here, and I'm really thrilled about today's topic. As I am also. Today's topic is a topic that you and I talk about uh, privately all the time, which is labeling and how labeling causes a lot of harm for students, how it causes harm for teachers, how it causes harm for schools. That is making determinations about whether someone is good or not good, someone is a well-behaved person or not a well-behaved person, whether someone is a good teacher or a bad teacher, all about labels. Our message today, the Rob Review Podcast, is stop labeling, not a good thing in education. Absolutely. And not only stop labeling verbally, stop using the labels in your language, but truly reflect on why you label and internalize the fact that you're not going to label. Because I have a story that I think is an example of this. I was in my second year teaching, and the tradition in that school was that the teachers reviewed the students uh, um, with the teacher of the incoming grade. So the fourth grade, everyone who taught fourth grade um, and below was giving me feedback on students in my class. And they really sorted out this one youngster named Andy. They said he was lazy, he was not bright, that he never finished his work, that he was uncooperative. And I discovered that year that Andy was a phenomenal artist and I used that talent, that gift he had, uh, to build on his image of himself as an artist and in other areas of learning. But the real point of this story is many years later, Andy came back and this young man is standing in the doorway of my classroom, tall, almost reaching the door. And he said, I bet you don't remember me. And as soon as he grinned, I knew it was Andy. And he said, I came back, Miss Rob, to tell you that I'm an architect and I used my art and I used my math ability to find a career that I love. But I want to tell you something else, that I knew that most of the teachers at that school thought I was a loser and you didn't. And I just wanted you to know that when you believed in me, it changed my life. Well, that's a really powerful story, Laura. It has a lot to do with your belief, your personal efficacy in a student, and your ability to see beyond confines that people were putting kids in, really having a lot to do with with a fixed mindset and them making a determination that a student could or could not. To those of you listening, I pose this question to you. How often have you been at a meeting in your school and someone, whether it was an administrator or a teacher, made a comment such as, this is my good class. Oh, not that class. That class is my bad class. Right. Or wait till you get these kids next year. Your life is over for the year because they are so bad. That kind of labeling... It simply has no place in, in education, and I would encourage people who engage in that to sit back and, and think a little bit about the words that are coming out of your mouth, about the determinations that they make about children, uh, and about the inappropriateness of it. It's just not fair to make sweeping generalizations 
of seeing 25 kids in my class, they're all the bad class, or this is the good class. I couldn't agree more, uh, Evan. And the other thing is to label a child in elementary school or even high school, how do we know what that child is going to do, where that child is going to go? Uh, It's far too early to make that determination. So what our job is, is to hold out the best for each child. You know, Laura, I couldn't agree more. One of the things that happens a lot, it probably happens a little more in smaller school divisions across the country, but when teachers have been in the building for a long time and they have a sibling of of a student who they had taught a few years before. Now, sometimes that can be a really good thing if the student that they taught was a really good student the teachers will often expect that the sibling will be just as good. However, it can be a problem if the student was a behavior problem or got a teacher's goat, um, and then a teacher can make a sweeping generalization or determination about the sibling coming up. That happened to me. When I was in fifth grade, I, my, my brother, who was not that well-behaved, and my cousin, uh, who also was not that well-behaved, had the same teacher. And when I came in, she looked at me and she said, here comes trouble walking. And not only was she very negative toward me, but she did something that has stayed with me all my life. She, because I had large feet for a fifth grader, she called me canal boat feet in front of the whole class. Um, And she would sometimes stand me up in front of the class and have everybody look at my feet. And to this day, when I buy shoes, the question that goes through my mind is, do those shoes make my feet look bigger or smaller? So those, you know, words are important. And Peter Johnson, a wonderful educator, wrote a book called Choice Words. And he says our words matter, our words count, and we have to take that seriously. Yeah, so I would encourage encourage people as you think about the message that we're delivering today uh, we are not saying that that specific things cannot be said positive or negative in order to help people improve whether it's adults or for students however sweeping generalizations this is a bad kid this is a gifted kid this is a good a kid that's only good in math though we have to be careful with that kind of language because it can channel kids into routes that they may not necessarily want to be in Absolutely, Evan. And sometimes we narrow their choices to such an extent that they, uh, some of them manage to break out when they change schools, and some never manage to get rid of those negative words that play again and again uh, in their mind. So if you are in a meeting and you catch yourself making a generalization about a class, I encourage you to think about that a little bit and maybe choose some different words. And if you are in a meeting and you hear someone do what we are talking about, I encourage you to be courageous enough to gently, kindly redirect someone and help them think a little bit differently about making such statements. That happened to me last week when a teacher was talking about a group, and she said, well, this is my low group. And I looked at her and I said, I think you need to think about calling them your low group or your high group. They're all children. They're young children in elementary school. They all want to learn. They're all readers. They're all writers. They're just at different points in their development, and you need to look at it that way. Yeah, I can actually relate to that also. A couple weeks ago, I was in a meeting with uh, teachers and parents, and uh, a statement was made in front of a parent that, a particular class was the bad class. They were rambunctious. They they were they were not able to behave. Again, making a sweeping generalization. This time, not 
not in front of just me or and another group of educators, but also in front of a parent, in front of a parent. That's really destructive, Evan, to do that in front of a parent. I mean, you know, parents love their children, and uh, they don't see their children that way, nor should they. So it becomes, you know, a, a, it becomes a very intricate problem because the, the parent gets angry, and then the parent might get angry with the child. And all kinds of negative things can happen as a result of that. Yeah, I agree. And what happens a lot of times at, at the admin level is then a parent says, well, I want my child moved out of the class. Um, and that's not always that easy to do. So, Laura, let's move it to a different level. And this happens a lot also. And let's focus on the admin level looking at teachers, which is making sweeping generalizations of someone who is a good teacher a marginal teacher or a lousy teacher. And sometimes that can happen with new administrators when you're in the observation process, when it's normal as a new administrator to judge a teacher's effectiveness by how much they teach like you did when you were a teacher. Right, or what the parents uh, say about them or what the buzz in the school is about that particular person. Absolutely, but it is not a good habit for an administrator to label teachers any more than it is a good habit for a teacher to label students. Um, It's equally wrong, and it is not productive nor good for building an effective school. It's very hurtful, and if anyone has heard someone say something negative about them or it's come back to them as an adult, It is hurtful as an adult. Imagine how hurtful it is as a child because children are powerless. And imagine, Laura, kicking it one level up and making a sweeping generalization about the quality of a school, maybe all because of particular test scores, where students took one test on one day out of 180 school days of the year, and it didn't go as well as it went the year before, and therefore a sweeping generalization by the public that the school suddenly is not an effective school. I think when people make those kinds of judgments, Evan, it's about control. Uh, They want to control a school if it's not functioning the way they think it should function, but they're not prepared, or I don't see them being prepared to go in and doing positive things to support that school, to bring about change that will help all members of that school community. So, Laura, in this podcast, we've talked about the, the, the negative impact of making generalizations and broad sweeping statements from the classroom level to the teacher level to the building level and so forth. The simple message is, is that kind of language is never productive. It's, it's not helpful. It doesn't move an organization forward. It doesn't make kids do better. Kids do not do better when they feel like they're the bad kid or they're the, they're the dumb kid. And teachers will not teach better if they feel that they've been granted the position of being the marginal teacher. One thing I recommend is as soon as you're thinking that thought or a child is acting out and misbehaving and you're getting angry, I want you to rein in your anger and take a deep breath and ask the child privately. Take the child aside and ask, what made you do that? Children don't know how to express their feelings of frustration with learning or inadequacy, and a lot of times they act out. You've got to get beyond the behavior to what the real issue is, and you need to trust that eventually the child will answer. So I'm very persistent, and I will ask again and again, I want to help you. Can you tell me why this is happening? Well, so looking for the function of the behavior is is certainly quite interesting, and it helps 
people look more specifically at behavioral issues with children versus, again, making a broad generalization. So we've talked a lot this afternoon on our podcast. We've talked about the negative impact of making generalizations, and we encourage people who have done it to rethink their wording and rethink how they are communicating about children or about colleagues. And then we encourage people who are witnessing this to have the courage to stand up and say, this is not appropriate. I need you to think about expressing your opinions in a, in a different, more and certainly a more specific kind of way. Thank you, Evan. I think this is a very important topic. It's a topic that, that teachers uh, at faculty meetings uh, need to talk about. I think you need to flesh it out. Thank you, Laura. This is Evan Robb, and we are wrapping up the Rob Review podcast for Laura Robb. Thank you very much. We will have a podcast out shortly. We hope you enjoyed the Rob Review podcast. Check out our blogs at therobreviewblog.com and tell a friend. Thanks again, and see you next time.